0: Hello and welcome to the Ponies Help Children podcast. Welcome back everyone. I'm your host Callum Stevens. As always, we've got Derek Gray from Audio Bubbles sat in the background and making it sound really, really good. So thanks for your great work so far. Today I am joined with Eddie Ireland, my granddad, and also the chairman of the charity. So we're going to speak about a few different things about the formation of the charity from his perspective, which is slightly different and from mum's, just due to the nature. Mum worked with the horses and Grandad doesn't work with the horses through his sense. And we'll speak about a few challenges that he's faced and ultimately what his intentions are for the charity. So, welcome everyone. So, the first question is to speak about the, have a short recap on the formation of the charity. We heard about this in episode one with mum, but I have got a funny feeling that you're going to have a slightly different perspective on the formation of the charity, from grandma coming and speaking to you about getting new horses and the conversations from your perspective, so take it away.
1: Well, really, it all started a long time ago. your grandma my wife, she was dead keen on horses. I was a town boy, a city boy, and a horse was the thing that pulled the milk cart, as far as I was concerned. But Moira insisted, and we ended up with one horse. That was a long time ago, but that was the start of the journey, as far as horses were concerned, uh, with this family. We bought or your grandma. She got some money when, our, when her grandmother died. And she went out and bought a horse. She bought Flake. Flake wasn't an ordinary horse. Flake was totally different from any other horse that you know. Uh, She was a Palomino. She was beautiful. She knew it. But equally, she knew everything about horses. And she taught your grandma all that she knows about horses. It progressed from there. That was the start. One horse. Time went on, we got another horse, and that was for the the kids. That pony, as it is, that we bought was pregnant. So we got two for the price of one, except that uh, I didn't quite see it that way. Anyway, that was us with three ponies, horses, and we stayed like that for a while. Eventually, uh, we moved uh, two or three times, and we ended up here at Blair Main's. We had 72 acres. We've got 72 acres of ground. And I'm not really sure how many horses, ponies you can fit into 72 acres. But believe you me, your grandma, she tried. She really tried. We retired from the bed and breakfast in uh, 2000. Handed it over to your mum and dad. They looked after it. Moira, she looked after the horses. And then she thought, well, these horses have got a life of luxury. All they need to do is turn out in a field and eat grass. Previously, we'd tried sort of selling horses or ponies on, but that went against the grain as far as Moira was concerned. She got a pony and it was for life. And it was. So uh, she decided to make the ponies work for their living. And she came up with the idea of what's called equine therapy. I'm not really sure exactly what it's called. Some people frown on the term equine therapy, but that was what we thought it was. It was using the horses and the ponies to help people that had problems, disadvantaged kids with adverse childhood experiences. God, I've forgotten half the the things that we deal with autism and uh, what's the, the latest term uh, suicidal tendencies and things like that yeah, I, I wasn't too sure about it as I said at the beginning I, I'm not a horse person but we per- or your mum uh, persevered with me and uh, she started out with your mum and Heather your, rather Moira and your mum we went to the local school and Sold it to the head teacher. We got two kids that came along that were a difficult childhood. They tended to disrupt the classes, etc. And lo and behold, after a few sessions, things calmed down in the school. Uh, but unfortunately, the uh, head teacher saw trips to Blair Main's farm as being part of a uh, a good thing. And if the kids misbehaved, she would stop them coming, which destroyed the work that we were doing. Eventually, we moved on from the local school. We were put in touch with Hope for Autism, an organisation in Airdrie. And we got children with autism coming to us. We worked. I'm saying we, but it wasn't me. It was Moira and Heather. I was in the background, just I was just in the background watching what was going on and trying to keep a cap on the number of horses that we had. The results that we were getting with the, the kids uh, was amazing. Um, some of the, the tales, no, they're not tales, some of the uh, real life events uh, were absolutely gobsmacking. We had one kid, child in arms, didn't talk. That's not quite the right description. They didn't talk very often. And I was standing there one time when Heather was dealing with this child. The mother was holding the child and Heather was had the child's hand on her hand and she was grooming the pony, just stroking the back of the pony. And she was counting. Heather was saying, one, two, three... Four, five, just counting the strokes. And she did that for a wee while. And then all of a sudden, the child said, One, two, three, four, five. The mother nearly dropped the child. She couldn't believe that her son had actually said that. And that to me was was amazing. That was the first real evidence that I saw that it worked, and it worked. That led on to, near enough, becoming a charity. Became a charity, we got more clients, you get more clients, you need more horses, and eventually we ended up with currently 15 horses and ponies. And that was a start and (laughs) up-to-date version of ponies help children.
0: Yeah, that's really fantastic to hear about the additional perspective that you've been able to give of you aren't front facing with the ponies and stuff like that. However, you were still really influential in the letting grammar go away and get the extra horses ever so reluctantly. So at the moment, you are the chairperson of the charity running the, the background of it. Just speak to me about... What does a chairperson do to people that don't
1: know? Well, I think that's two questions, really. One is, what does a chairperson do? And two is, what do I do as a chairperson? <laughs> and I think they're, they're totally different. My, I see my job as holding the reins, if you like, or the control of the charity to uh, discuss things with now plans that she might have or ideas that we've come up with, run them through, see if they're viable and then uh, present them to the board. That basically is how I see my job. The wee bit more involved in it that uh, occasionally uh, courses come up on charity work and Heather and I go to those and that's really uh, about all that I do. Conduct the meetings, try and keep order and uh, that's it.
0: I think it's really beneficial for the relation for the charity, the relationship that you and mum have. Of mum is forward facing with the charity and works with the ponies, and is very much led with her heart. Of this is her baby. Whereas just through your experiences mainly in the cadets and stuff like that, that you're quite logical thinking and going. Actually, I'm not sure if that's going to work, and you're able to bounce ideas backwards and forwards and be able to sort out and compromise on mum's big intentions and your realistic approach to what can actually be achieved and that compromise is really, really beneficial from what I've seen in progressing the charity in a safe manner. So the charity has been a charity for eight years now. Uh, We got charity status in 2015 Can you speak about some of the high points that you've seen in Charity's time?
1: Well, I've already spoken about one of the the high points, that was that uh, young child that started counting, one, two, three, four, five, and his mum nearly dropped him. Uh, That was a definite highlight from my point of view. There's another one where, again, a child, young boy, had difficulty in walking, and uh, He came along with his mum to get some sessions with the ponies. And lo and behold, he started walking. And not only does he he walk now, you can give him a wheelbarrow and tell him to go and muck out. And not quite, but he'll pick the wheelbarrow up and uh, walk away with it. And that is amazing, considering that... He could hardly walk when he first came to us. Side uh, benefit of that is that his mum is a volunteer with us uh, now. So that, that was two uh, highlights. Another major one was uh, we needed uh, to have a look at the accommodation, or we needed more accommodation uh, because we were just using a, a concrete pad outside for our sessions. And if it rained, uh, we had to move into where the the horses' bedrooms. We use an open reed system here so that the the horses can move about. And we had to use that area for the sessions. That was not ideal at all. So we had to hunt about for a solution. Uh, We had various suggestions, but we eventually went for a big shed. It's called Fred now, Fred the Shed. 100 foot by uh, 50 foot cost us uh, just under £100,000, which we were very lucky. In fact, remember correctly, it was our MP, Neil Gray, who is now our MSP. He came to see us, for a, came for a visit to see the, the charity. And in the course of conversation, he asked how could he help. And needless to say, we said, well... Grants and things like that. He sent, he sent us a, a thing from the House of Commons library that listed a vast number of grant-giving organisations, and we found the Wooden Spoon through that. We um, contacted the Wooden Spoon, and they uh, came out to see us. The chairperson, and I think it was a the treasurer, they came out, frightened the living daylights out, out of me because they seemed uh, very professional and I felt that we were really just amateurs um, playing with horses. But they seemed to be impressed with what we were doing, and they offered us um, money to go ahead with the shed. They also put us in touch with Spy Fox, another organisation, and between the three of us, we raised the money. That was certainly the, um, the highlight, or the... <laughs> the highest highlight so far. Unfortunately, the day that they started doing the uh, the groundwork for Fred the Shed, uh, Moira died. So she never saw the finished article. When I say she never saw that, I'm sure figuratively she never saw it. I'm sure where she is, she's looking down now and she can see it and she knows what we're doing. Heather feels that as well. In fact, Heather feels at times that Mom is there and uh, this is what you need to do. She's there helping us. But that was a highlight, getting that shed and getting it open. And that was it.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good to see, to talk about again, the developments that we've seen, some of those case studies and up to it, and including Fred the Shed, which re- was really, really monumental and changing the charity. And it was a turning point for us. Looking forward to the future, do you have any ambitions for as your position as chair, how you're looking for the charity to evolve in the next couple of years?
1: Not really from my position as, as chair, but just as a, a member of the Ponies Help Children family, I would like to see the, uh, the charity expand. We've taken the first step on that with opening a a branch office, if you like, over at Eddingston. We were having clients from West Lothian, North Lanarkshire, South Lanarkshire, and we were getting clients coming from Glasgow and the other side of Glasgow. Some of those clients, the parents, were actually paying for taxis to come from Glasgow to Hart Hill, and we thought that we needed to do something about that. We couldn't offer them financial aid we looked around and again through Heather's contacts, we got a place at Uddingston. Uh, so now we can direct clients from East to Glasgow and various points west, we can direct them to Uddingston rather than to, uh, to Blair mains. However, I would like to see a bigger expansion of ponies. West Lothian, we take a lot of clients from West Lothian. We've got a waiting list for clients from West Lothian. And I feel sure that uh, we would do well. When I say well, we w- would serve the community well if we had a place in West Lothian. So that would be one of our, one of my ambitions, is to see an expansion of the charity. The other would be to um, get... An influential patron. We don't have uh, a patron at the moment. There's something that I think would help the charity if we could get uh, an influential patron. But I'm not really sure how you go about doing that. Do you chap on the door and say, hey, would you like to be our patron or what? Just not sure.
0: So if you're an influential person sat at home listening to this podcast, please do get in touch. Mum's um, phone number's on the website. I'm sure she would love to hear from you.
1: Thanks, Carl. I'm always going to say that as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I think it could be the making of the charity if we had some influential person and and we were able to expand. Should point out that wh- the expansion is it's not necessarily money dependent. It's more premises uh, dependent. At Addington, uh, we don't own the premises; we rent the facilities that we have and we would do the same in West Lothian or any other place where there was a need.
0: Yeah, that's superb. I'm really optimistic for the future and excited to see all those things come true in the near future. So we've spoken about, Mom and I have spoken about in previous podcasts and joked about the fact that we don't have favourite horses here. Although you're slightly detached from the horses, you do still have occasional contact with them and in that, those occasional contacts do you, have you built up any special bonds or any special stories with any of our horses?
1: I used to be terrified of black horses. It goes back way back to when I was a child mm-hmm. uh, on a farm in Blair Drummond. They had a big black horse, working horse and it used When I went into the, the stables, they were kept in stalls and they had a halter that allowed them some movement. I was too young to realise that this horse couldn't reach me, but it had a habit of when I went past it, it would lash out. And that put me off black horses in particular. Moving on, we went on a holiday to um, Spain. And Moira talked me into going pony trekking. So we went along to the stable and lo and behold, they produced this big black horse. No Spanish, no English. And it was made obvious that I was to get on this big black horse. So I did. When we finished, or rather, when we were halfway around the ride, we came to a cantina and they stopped. The horses knew where to go and so on. I'm not sure if this black horse did it deliberately but he went into the middle of another two black horses so I had a black horse on either side of me and Moira had to come and rescue me so again I was put off black horses but we've got one here called magic and magic is magic magic's my, uh, my favourite really like magic I've uh, sat in her back. I would hesitate to say I've ridden her. I've sat in her back. I've cuddled her. Yeah, she's special.
0: Excellent, and that's lovely to hear of that. year um, getting broken down with Magic's loving nature. I'm sure Mum would put it something similar to that. Many would disagree, but Mum would uh, say <laughs> yes,
1: right. she's back not. You uh, in the... She's top dog, not Mum. Magic. <laughs> She's top dog and she's not afraid to let the other horses know it. But I've never had any problems with it. And thinking about it while I've been talking, I'm thinking, yeah, it's the magic. The therapy's been working on me and uh, magic and I are pals.
0: That's excellent. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been lovely to talk to you about all these different bits and pieces that we've covered with mum, but you've been able to shed on a slightly different light to that. So uh, I found it really beneficial and I hope our listeners at home have also enjoyed our time. As always, guys, like and subscribe and continue listening to our podcasts. Keep up to date on our social media channels for any updates and we'll see you soon, guys. Bye.